Well, five years ago tonight, Ryan Stuka was settling into a new job and a new adventure at the Sun Peaks Resort, about 45 minutes northwest of Kamloops here in BC. Uh, the 20-year-old from Beaumont, Alberta, near Edmonton, had set out with a close friend and planned to enjoy a winter working and snowboarding at really one of Canada's most beautiful ski resorts. And all was going according to plan. He was in contact with his parents. He was having a good time until the early morning hours of Saturday, February the 18th, 2018. Ryan left a house party at about 2 a.m., uh, just a short walk from where he was living, and was never seen again. He seemed to vanish into thin air, and it wasn't until later that day, after he hadn't shown up for work, which was highly unusual for what was a very conscientious young man, that the alarm was sounded and the search for Ryan began. And that search continues to this day, a year after his disappearance, RCMP issued this plea for information. Somebody knows something. We need people to come forward and whatever tips, information, we do need you to step up and, uh, and do what you can to help, help contribute to this investigation. And yet, there's not been a breakthrough. Now, Ryan's parents, Heather and Scott, made that first long drive from Edmonton soon after their son went missing, joining what turned into an extensive and exhausted effort to try to figure out what could have happened to their son and brother to their daughters. It is a journey they've made many times since. There have been new searches, social media awareness campaigns, billboards, a documentary, and still no answers. No matter what it is, and um, we, uh, we miss Ryan a lot. I want to bring him home. Even if it's our end of our days, we'll persevere until we find him. Now, Heather Stuka has been a real advocate for this. As you know, in missing persons cases, they do have a way sometimes of fading away unless someone champions the ongoing search. And that certainly has been what Ryan's mom has been doing uh, for many years now. She'd written extensively about it, posted those online, and then decided to put those all down on paper, so to speak, gather all those thoughts in a book uh, called Missing From Me, which is out now, a story about a sudden disappearance and the long and difficult journey that's followed for Ryan's family. And Heather joins me now. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. The, um, I guess I was just thinking that it, it was, you know, December the 1st was five years ago yesterday, wasn't it? And, uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, what made you decide to put it all down on paper? It was, it was, it's, uh, it's interesting because it is both a story about a tri it's both a tribute a a and 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 sort of a confessional as well in many ways isn't it i think yeah and i think that's exactly why um it, i made the decision to sort of put pen to paper i think i always knew that i wanted uh ryan's story to stay long after scott and i were on this earth and that some time in some future someone would sit down and they would know how much Ryan is loved and matters and and to understand our story and and what we went through through this uh well uh, right now our journey hasn't ended yeah tell me about about Ryan because you know I've seen the documentaries that were made and heard about him but uh yeah I mean so many people from all across this country set out on adventures like that when they're his age don't they Absolutely. And I'd have to say that Ryan was pretty introspective. You know, he, he had the same group of friends since really he was a grade one when we moved from Edmonton to the smaller town of Beaumont, which is not so, so far outside the city, but he had the same group of friends. You know, he was comfortable being at home. He wasn't adventurous, uh, so to speak. At the time, I worked for an airline and I used to encourage him to 
spread his wings and maybe travel some, and, and that wasn't anything he was interested in. And so for me, it was, um, it, you know, I was surprised when he said that he was thinking about uh, going to a ski resort and working for a season. And I thought this is this is great, you know, a chance to to really develop, to to grow, to see where you're where you're at, to have a little bit of adventure while you're so young. And and so you know, my husband Scott and I really sort of encouraged him to to follow that dream and and so you know not not an adventurous type loyal and funny and you know of course I I tell everyone he was so handsome but um you know just a a really athletic and and all around you know probably very normal um young man and he was having a great time I gather I know that um I guess he didn't come home for Christmas that year I mean he was really enjoying his his first sort of taste of I don't want to call it adult life, but that first taste of freedom you get when you're that age. Absolutely. You know, he talked to my husband several times uh, uh, during the week and, you know, he, he'd bragged to, to Scott that he was on 36 days straight of, of snowboarding. I think he, he loved that. I think that, you know, sort of to go a little bit outside your shell, although, you know, having said that, he really still didn't venture out much when, when he was there. He hung out at home or he hung out with his roommates or with his close friends that he had met there but he wasn't one that uh you know was out and completely uh get outside of his comfort zone he still remained pretty much uh true to to his personality that he exhibited here in town so i gather that's why i i get the impression just from having listened to other interviews that you've done that you knew almost instantly your, your husband certainly talks about having known instantly that something was wrong Absolutely. The moment we got the text and it sort of came as a surprise. I, you know, I'm reading the, the words and I can't quite form form them and, and explain to my husband exactly what's going on. And then to have that in your, and in that moment, I, we just knew. We knew it wasn't going to be anything uh, good. We knew that, you know, you, you want to believe all the, the hopes and dreams. Or, or maybe he's just went somewhere else. Maybe his phone is dead. Maybe he was spent too much time partying, maybe he's holed up, maybe he's embarrassed, maybe he didn't show up for work. And uh, we knew that wasn't true, but, you know, you're so desperate to cling on to any little bit of hope that you will believe, I think, things so far outside of, of what normally would, would occur just to make that happen. And I imagine given the size of the community he was in, given how everyone knew each other, I imagine even the authorities were telling you, we're going to figure this out. Like, we're going to know what happened sooner than later. And I, I think it went for, for very much uh, the longest time that, you know, they just assumed that he was missing. Now, I do know that they had started to, the uh, law enforcement had started sort of a parallel case in case he wasn't a missing person. So they wouldn't have to backtrack and get information again. But very much in the beginning, it was treated uh, like just a missing person and that we would find the answers, which I think is is interesting because within that same breath, you know, they were telling us the first night after our um, they came after searching all day is that, you know, on your way out of town in the day or the day after, stop by the detachment and we'll tell you what our next steps were. And I just thought, you know, like how could any parent leave? How could how could they leave? We haven't found him. I just I, I and that always confused me, I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess as as you pointed out many times, there is absolutely nothing that prepares you for this, right? There's no right or wrong way to approach it, to to think about it, to deal with it. Like, there is no guidebook, right? There is absolutely no guidebook, and there's an inconsistency 
uh, across the board on how how these sort of cases are handled, depending on what district or area that you find yourself in, depending on, I suppose, um, what uh, law enforcement that you would report to, depends on the circumstances. You know, there's so many things, and yet there is no guidebook. There's nothing to tell you. And I think people get this mistaken impression that it's like what you would read in a, a book or see on TV or in a movie about how things progress, and there's nothing further from the truth you're left on your own now however long you have um, search and rescue will will vary but eventually all official channels will have to go home yeah i mean you had such an outpouring of volunteers coming from all over the place to come and help but uh but yeah i imagine from officially if there's no news there's just no news right and that leaves you sitting there wondering when the phone will ring that's right. And that wasn't something that we were prepared to do. So we thought if, if there was no help to be given to us, we would have to create it. And so we did. We started from scratch. And, and I think that was the most frustrating thing, because then you learn after a month that, you know, everything we had done the, the previous time was not done correctly because we're not experts in it. We don't right. have any knowledge. And so you always feel like you're behind the eight ball. You're always trying to catch up. And and for us, it was imperative. It was so important for us to, to do this before the snow melted, to give that chance. Now, we knew within the first couple of, well, within the first day or so that it was not going to be rescue. It was going to be recovery. But at the end of the day, Ryan still matters. He still deserves to come home. Yeah, and you deserve as a family to know. Absolutely. Do you feel like you're any closer to that at all? I, I guess, I guess time just does it speed up after a while does it does it go by faster i I'm, i can't imagine it's, it's that's a paradoxical question to be honest it feels like five years has gone by in a blink of an eye and yet a lifetime has passed uh, and we've learned so much but you know i feel like perhaps we're further away now than we were before because as time goes by whatever um evidence or things that we'll find of Ryan is now buried under five years of deadfall and brush. And, you know, the items that you think that you're going to find are scattered um, and and decimated. Um, and so, you know, I think as the years go by, there's, there's less and less hope that we're going to be able to find the things that we need to do to have that closure. Heather Stuka is with us this half hour from Beaumont, Alberta. She's written a book called Missing From Me, which is proving very popular. It's a very sad story. It's a long ordeal for her and her family. Their son, Ryan, went missing back in 2018 in February. He's not been seen since, and this book details a lot of that journey for the family. Uh, the the drive just to carry on, I guess, uh, Heather, really, and, and try to do all you can. I mean, you've been tireless for five years now. I've just been looking at all the different campaigns that were launched and so forth. Um, when you wrote this book, I guess this was part of that effort too, to try to tell people what it was like. And what did you, what did you hope that people would get from it? I think that, I mean, that was two part. It was, it was cathartic to be able to put it down all my thoughts um, to expand on some of the things that, you know, we were going through. I think it was also part and piece to, um, to bring awareness not only to Ryan's case, but also um, to other missing people and the way that, that, that they're viewed. And then I think for me, it was um, the opportunity to um, express some of the things that we were going through, the memories that we were going through, 
Um, and hopefully people will find a piece that resonates with them. That there'll be something if they're going through similar tragedy or a tragedy of their own, how we processed some of those feelings. Yeah, how, how, because you have a, you know, you have you have kids, you have a family, you have, I'm sure you have lives. How does one continue to live with this? Uh, I, I imagine it must like be, it must be as if everything is on pause and yet life goes on. Right, and we do have two daughters at home. One is 17, the other one is 22, and and you know their lives have been changed by this event. But you know Scott and I decided early on to to make that pack that. You know, we weren't going to add more to that by sort of falling apart and, and not sharing and, and finding a way to thrive so that we could participate and be present with the girls. And so, yes, we continue with the searches because for, for us, that's the last physical thing that we can do for our son. Um, and it helps us live in the in-between times. So when we go up and search and we know that we've done something, that we know that we're bringing awareness, we know that we're connecting um, being up in the community, then when we come home, it's easier to transition back and be present with those girls so that they can have the opportunity to live without fear, without um, guilt, without grief in the same way. And you've stayed together too. I know that this could often be really destructive for couples, these sorts of traumas in a family, and yet you seem to have stuck together and been each other's pillars. Yeah, it was it was interesting. I mean, certainly we've been we've been married for 27 years, and yeah. and so you know, being married uh, younger, you know, you you think you see all sides of your spouse. I, I think you think all the the mystery is gone. There's not a lot of changes that will happen. And I still remember. I think my eyes were opened wide when uh, we were up in Sun Peaks, and I saw Scott get up every single morning and put on his um, you know his uh, snowsuit and all of his gear and he went out every single day to search didn't matter what the the weather was and then still come home and managed to have that open heart and gentleness not only to us and the girls but to every volunteer that came by and I think you just see somebody in a different light and so again we were we were fortunate enough to sort of um, move together through our grief rather than have it separate us yeah, what would you like people to know now about about uh, about you, your family, and about Ryan five years later? You know, I sometimes I think about the memories that we have, and I I almost feel like now I'm an archaeologist digging for whatever little bits and pieces that I can glean from somebody that may have known him, that may not have come forward to let us know, you know, just little tidbits of his personality or things that he said or things that he he did, because I feel like as five years goes by. You know, our lives have gone on, and they've gone on without Ryan and with Ryan. But, you know, where he would have been, there's that bittersweet. You know, where would he be at 25, almost 26? What would he be doing? What would his interests be? What would he look like? And so, you know, I, I look for those things. And then we also try to find a way to transition into what people will consider a new normal. And for us, it still always feels like Groundhog Day. And so maybe we're better at that new normal, uh, but I'm not sure we're quite there yet. And I guess it matters one day. Do you still hold hold out hope that perhaps one day those answers will be delivered? I'd like to. I think, you know, and it, that's an interesting thing because, you know, people will, will come up and talk about um, hope and they will talk about you still need to hope 
that you know Ryan's still out there, mm-hmm. and and I I do I suppose as, as his mother want to believe that you know there's some place somewhere that he could be safe and and still not being able to come home. But I doubt very much that that will be the case. But I hope someday that we will have some answers so that we'll have some form of closure. Well, Heather uh, Stuka, thank you so much for sharing your story tonight. Uh, the book is called Missing from Me, and uh, yeah, thank you so much for being so candid as well. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks.